Hi, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk. My name is Alex Anders and I am a best-selling bisexual romance author. Bisexual Real Talk is a show where each week I talk about the latest developments, studies, and strides made by the bisexual community. Sometimes I'll talk about what's going right, other times I'll talk about what's going wrong. But always you'll feel empowered and like you found the place where you belong. And if this podcast ever sounds like a YouTube channel, that's because it is. You can always check out Bisexual Real Talk on YouTube and join the conversation in the comments section there. Until then, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk, and let's talk about bisexuality. Hi, I'm Alex Anders, and this is Bisexual Real Talk. Is there a method you can use to reduce sexual temptation? Yes, there is. And that is something I'll be talking about with today's viewer email. And I'll get to that as soon as I mention three quick notes. First of all, uh, from this point forward, hopefully, but this video, this YouTube video specifically, I'll be including chapters in the descriptions so that if you want to skip to a certain part of the video, you can. Or if you want to come back later and like review a certain part, you can do that too. So that's one. Number two is every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday until February 16th, I will be uploading a one-minute summary of my most helpful videos. So if you haven't seen it, this is a great way to check out to see whether or not this video will be interesting to you. Or if you've seen the video and you forgot what the good points are, it's all condensed down to one minute, but it's only one minute. So if you want to know the full impact, you have to watch the full video. What else can I do? And then thirdly, if you have any questions you'd like me to answer, then, you know, please feel free to email me in the email in the description below. But if you're more interested in a one-on-one phone call with me, it is possible. You can click on the Patreon link in the description below. And one of the tiers there is for a one-on-one phone call. We could have as many of those uh, as you want. Uh, it's just a matter of checking it out on uh, Patreon and doing it there. We can talk about any bisexual topic in any aspect of your life that you're interested in. But that is for later. Right now, let's get this email. And as you listen to this email, the first question is going to be that this person has is how common is this for bisexuals? So as you listen to this, make note of whether or not this is common for you or not. And I'd love to hear whether or not it is in, in the comments section below. Here's the email. Hello. Hello. I've been struggling with my sexuality since I can remember. Growing up, I had, ten, I had attractions for both boys and girls. Since puberty, I've fantasized and have preferred to engage more sexually with guys. However, I have trouble establishing an emotional connection with them. I crave sex and sexual fantasies with guys because I feel a dopamine rush and eroticism in my head and my body. However, when the dopamine wears off, I don't feel anything and I just want to move on to something else. My experience in sex with girls is different. It's more emotional and romantic and the feeling of comfort. That feels pretty good too. My problem is the feelings I am experiencing while in a long-term monogamous relationship with my girlfriend. I'm 25 years old and I recently realized that I am probably bisexual and told my girlfriend everything about my sexuality about three months ago. She accepts my bisexuality. However, we're both a little uncomfortable talking about it. 
and what it really means for our relationship. We both are looking for committed long-term relationships and are actually moving in together next month. I would love to see my life turn out as a married family man, but my bisexuality is creating some confused feelings towards that vision. My girlfriend and I are sexually active with each other, and there is chemistry in both our romantic and sexual intimacy. We have been talking about sex, and I think me being a 25-year-old guy, I think about sex differently than she does. I like sex as an expression of as eroticism uh, and a sense of release. She feels sex as a sense of emotional bonding. Despite this, we both have good sexual chemistry. However, I'm experiencing a fear that I will at some point crave that dopamine rush of sex with a guy so badly that I would become so unsatisfied in the relationship leading to making bad choices. Looking back on my past, I would say that the sex in my relationship now is better than what I have had with men. I'm not sure if this is something bisexuals experience. Do bisexuals commonly look for greener pastures with the same sex when in an opposite sex relationship? Is there any methods I could use to be happy in a long-term relationship like this and not question everything? Any advice you would, uh, would be helpful? Thanks. Well, our, uh, we'll see whether or not this is a common thing by how many people respond in the comment section about whether they've experienced it as well. But I will tell you from my experience that that is extremely common in this head uh, and I know I've talked to other people and they've, you know, experienced that as well. But let's see what everyone else who watches the video says. Um, do bisexuals commonly look for greener pastures with the same sex when an opposite sex relationship? You know what? I'm gonna, on this point specifically, I'm going to say absolutely. Why? Because it's, it would be no different if uh, for a heterosexual or a homosexual. People are in relationships, and then when they first get in relationships, there's that strong dopamine rush from the newness of it all. And eventually, no matter how great the relationship is, that lowers. And now you, if you really had that, like a really strong sense of, you know, everything, dopamine, then you're gonna want to experience that again in some other way. And uh, whether or not you're heterosexual, or if you're heterosexual, that might be in looking at other people of the of a of the different gender. Or if you are homosexual, it could be uh, looking at people of the same gender. But because you're bisexual, in that case, you go after the thing that will spike the most dopamine in you. With you, I mean, you said that men currently spike the most dopamine in you. So yeah, you can expect at some point in your relationship when things kind of die down a little bit, that you will start thinking about um, being with the other gender again. Simply because it is the thing that spikes the most dopamine in you and simply because it would be the newest and most unique experience that you could have in your particular situation. So yeah, you could pretty much expect that, sorry. But the question is, is there any methods I can use to be happy in a long-term relationship like this and not question everything? Actually, yes, there is. And I'd like to uh, tell you a little story about something called the Stanford 
marshmallow experiment. What is that? Well, back in 1972, some folks at Stanford decided to do a follow-up study to something else where they took children between the ages of three and a half and five and a half. They put them in a room and they put a plate with a marshmallow on it in front of them. And then they, uh, the, the researchers proceeded to see which kids um, gave in to temptation. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to add, add that. They put them uh, on a marshmallow table and said, okay, if you can resist eating this marshmallow, when, um, when I come back, I'm going to give you two marshmallows that you can enjoy. So the, the deal was if they could just sit in that room and stare at that marshmallow for a certain period of time, by the time the researchers came back, if they resisted the temptation, they'd get two. And then the researchers watched what happened. Some kids gave into temptation, some kids did not. Now, they then proceeded to follow these kids over a time period. And for decades, it seemed that the kids who were able to resist the marshmallows did better in school, had better grades, made more money over time, and the kids that could not resist the marshmallow made less money and had worse grades and everything else, which is depressing because what that says is that by age four, it is your, the rest of your life is already determined. How much you will succeed is determined by age four. So what that what initially what they thought was that um, that free that temptation and your ability to resist temptation is what dictates your life and it's all you know happened by that age. But within the last decade, the researchers decided to go back and take a look at another aspect of the study. They said, okay, so since it's so super depressing that um, so many things can be determined by such a young age, let's take a look to see whether there's any commonalities and something we can draw from this experiment. So they looked back at the research, oh, it was all filmed, and they noticed something. They noticed that the kids who resist temptation didn't just white knuckle it out. They weren't just staring at it going, just a little longer, man, if I could just hold out a little longer. No. They engaged in techniques that allowed them to better resist temptation. What did they do? Well, some of the kids turned around. So they weren't staring at it in their face the entire time. Other kids sang a little song instead of like just completely focusing on the marshmallow. Other kids made up little games and played those little games with themselves until the researchers came back. In other words, the kids that resisted temptation engaged in distracting, distracting activities that took their mind off of the temptation and put it on somewhere else. So the kids that were able to resist temptation that went on to have better grades and to have um, more successful high paying jobs are not the ones that had some intrinsic ability to resist temptation. No, they're simply the ones that engaged in techniques that allowed them to do it. So what does that have to do with this particular question? Everything. That means that uh, if you, that everyone's going to be tempted. If you're in a relationship, you're going to be tempted at some point to be unfaithful, to do something that you shouldn't be doing, to make bad choices. Everyone will. The difference between the people who succeed and the people who fail are the people when those temptations come up 
are able to engage in distracting activities that will take their mind off the temptation until the temptation is removed from their existence. That's it. That is a method you could use to help yourself in a long-term relationship to not make bad choices. Come up with distractive techniques. Take your mind off the temptation. You don't have to nurture those desires. Like if you, you know, are kind of ramped up by uh, same-sex porn, stop watching the same-sex porn. If there's someone you find particularly attractive, like whether an actor or not, stop watching the movies with that person in it. Now, granted, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging to withdraw yourself from the things that spike so much dopamine. But that is the difference. Whether or not you're able to, you know, just start by a little, by, dist- by pulling yourself away from the distractions a little in the beginning, and then a lot more as time goes on, as you release those connections, those dopamine connections in the brain, then you have more likely a chance of succeeding. And remember, the reason why the guys spike dopamine in your brain as, so much as it does, it's because the, neuro, the neurons that have been formed between whatever visual stimulus you have and the pleasure center of your brain. And it doesn't just happen. It like builds up over time. And the connections become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until finally it's just a knee-jerk reaction. Hey, hot guy. Hey, I'm aroused. Hey, I want them. So what you want to do in distracting is to allow time for those patterns, for those signals to kind of die down and drop off. I mean, you could use the same method like if you are if you can't get over an X. Distract yourself from the situation until... Uh, the neural connections between the visual stimuli or whatever thought patterns you have and the pleasure, uh, the pleasure centers of your brain break down and go away. So hopefully over time, you'll develop more and more uh, neural circuits between you know, images and experiences with your girlfriend than you do with guys. But ultimately, there's going to be a breakdown, and ultimately, there's going to be cortisol introduced into the relationship, and ultimately, you're going to have to figure out some way to get past that. But that is the method. Distraction is what works for five-year-old kids, and distraction is what can work for you as a 25-year-old adult, or any age that you are. So I hope that was helpful. So uh, just a little reminder, if you have any questions you'd like me to answer, you can email them to me. Or if you'd like to have a longer hour-long session with me, you can do that. You can do that. We could be chatting person to person and I could help you with whatever whatever, uh, situations you might be having right now. You can do that by checking out my Patreon link and taking care of it there. That's it. Um, Until the next video. Stay cooler, my bisexual friend. Stay cooler. Bye. If you would like to support the podcast or just pick up some really cool bisexual merchandise, you can check out my bisexual romance audiobooks on iTunes, Audible, and Amazon. I write under the pen name A. Anders. You can also check out my bisexual-themed socks and t-shirts on Teespring and Amazon by searching them for the company name Bisexual Real Talk. But the links for everything are in the description of this podcast. Please support the channel and check it out. Until next time, stay cooler, my bisexual friend. Stay cooler. Bye.